so yeah I would say there's probably some like scandalous stuff out there about me but I'm just at this juncture I'm just like first of all like maybe these old men shouldn't be scamming on teenagers and second of all maybe teenagers shouldn't be impoverished and you know and we would have more we would have more options hello and welcome to miseducated the show about unlearning the misguided rules from society that govern our lives with me, your host, Cash Doherty. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Miseducated. With me, your host, Cash Doherty. I am releasing this episode on Christmas Day, and usually I would have taken a break from the show, but I've released an episode every week for the last eight weeks, and I really do not want to break my streak. So here we are. Following on from my conversation with Ruby, I've gotten more intrigued about this world of sex work in the digital age, and platforms like Seeking Arrangement, Chatterbait, and OnlyFans are taking off. And I really want to understand how these platforms are set up and how this impacts the lives of the young girls who are posting themselves on these platforms. While it might be a quick way to easily make money for cam girls, for example, they don't have any way of controlling how much of a cut these platforms are taking for their services. I also wanted to know how cam girls and sex workers can protect their identities online and what happens if people outside of the sex work world find out that they do these kinds of things. So to find out more, I spoke with Lola, a recent college graduate who started as a cam girl when she was a freshman as a way to supplement her income from her various student jobs. In the first episode, I asked her about how and why she got into cam girling and how being a cam girl has enabled her to explore her own sexuality and also how she built up her following on Chatterbait. So enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Miseducated. Today, we're going to be talking mostly about cam girling, and my guest can also choose her name and be anonymous if she wants to. So what would you like to be called? Oh, you can call me Lola. Lola. Lovely. Such a sultry name. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know much about your experience with cam girling, but maybe we could start from the beginning and how you originally got into it. Um, Okay. So it was my first semester of college um, and I was 18 and I was just really, really broke. And also like I grew up in the South, so it was like female masturbation was very taboo. It wasn't even just that it like wasn't discussed. If it was brought up, it was just like absolutely dirty, filthy, like, oh my God, she masturbates, what a freak. So it was just not done. And I didn't start until my freshman year of college. So it was like kind of this whole self exploration that was going on just about with my own sexuality and my own body and back to being really poor I made a seeking arrangements account um because I was like oh yeah I'm gonna get a sugar daddy like this is what I'm gonna do which of course I'm I mean I didn't do that because I would I just didn't have the gumption to like actually go and like meet up with a man face to face but I would get messages from these people all the time who were like oh my god I'll pay you for like pictures of your feet like I'll pay you for videos like and so one day I was just kind of like okay and so then I just sent this guy like all these pictures of me just like in front of a mirror with like my legs spread and I was like and he sent me like 150 dollars um probably for you this doesn't seem like a big story but I think 
as somebody who's on the outside. I don't know, a lot of girls, whilst we're exploring our sexuality, wouldn't be even able to cross the line. Like, am I willing to do this for money? So what kinds of pictures did you send this guy originally that was like the first time you sent pictures for money? Um, I was just wearing like a sweatshirt with no pants on. And it was just like in my dorm room in front of a mirror. Really not that provocative, but but they were enough. And then he was like, more, you know, I'll send you more money if you show me more. And you don't have any other details about this man. You met him on the Seeking Arrangement platform. Like, did you know how much money he had, how old he was, anything about him? No idea. I mean, maybe I knew, maybe he told me, but it's been, that was years ago. So it's not, it's not like that's the kind of information that I would retain. I have no idea anything about his background. No clue. Okay. And then was your face also in this picture? Mm, I think my face probably was. That seems to be a stipulation that a lot of men will have is that they they want your face in it, especially because I think I was so young, like my baby face, I think was a big part of what they were interested in, which is like very perverse, but definitely like that's the demographic that I was attracting. So yeah, I would say there's probably some like scandalous stuff out there about me, but I'm just... At this juncture, I'm just like, whatever, you know, if that shit ever comes out, it's like, first of all, like maybe these old men shouldn't be scamming on teenagers. And second of all, maybe teenagers shouldn't be impoverished, and, you know, and we would have more, we would have more options. So I don't yeah. know. And was the fact that you were 18, was that an age in your mind that you saw as important or legal in doing these things? Because if you're a 13 year old kid or a 12 year old kid and you make a Facebook account, and you can lie about your age, right? Like what's stopping a 16 year old girl from doing the same thing? Uh, I know that I had to upload a picture of my passport to make the accounts. So you do have to have some kind of state issued ID, but I mean, I don't know how secure, and you know when I, I'm sure that you could just upload a picture of someone else's ID who looks like vaguely similar to you and it would be fine. So yeah, I would, I would say that the barriers to entry for minors are pretty low. And then when you were thinking about how broke you were at the age of 18, what were other jobs that were available to you at the time that could have supplemented your income? I had other jobs. It's just, you know, it's like very expensive to be alive. I had my work study jobs and I like worked at a club downtown, but it was like, it, it just, it wasn't enough. You know, it was like, I don't, I don't have financial support from my family and I was taking out loans to pay for college. I didn't have money for food. I didn't have money for books. I grew up in the South, so I didn't have any warm clothes. And I was up North. It was like, I just, I didn't have, and even with like, even with like multiple jobs and all of these, I guess you could call them like freelance, you know, like hustles, whatever. It was like, I was still so poor. (laughs) So, yeah. So you just needed money for food. Like it was really just a question of how am I going to eat? let alone how am I going to clothe myself? How am I going to do all these other things? Yeah, like basic things. But also it's like you're a freshman in college. You want to be able to like buy beer, you know, and like buy weed. And like you don't want to have to not ever be able to go out with people because you're so poor. You you need to have a little bit of cash just to do things, to exist. And what other kinds of like medium or high paying things could you think of apart from like sending pictures to people and getting them to pay you for doing that? 
I mean that I would have had time to do like while going to school full-time and having jobs and like you know being in my little campus clubs it's like I have no I have no idea what else I could have done really I can build computers like I don't know (laughs) (laughs) right if you're studying full-time in college and you don't have the support of your parents and et cetera, et cetera, which thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are in that position and also taking out loans, the options available to you are like pretty limited. So yeah, they're pretty limited. And it's also, it's very convenient. You know, it was like, I was already working so hard. I didn't want another job. That was a lot of work. Like just being able to go into my dorm bathroom and take off my shirt and take some shitty pictures on my like iPhone five was it was very convenient for me. It worked <laughs> it worked in my schedule and it was a lot more lucrative than most of the other jobs available, than the other jobs that I did have. So, and at that point I was like in the midst of this whole like nihilistic sexual awakening, I'll do whatever I want kind of thing. So it fit. <laughs> and do you think that that kind of platform almost takes advantage of that in a way? Or did you feel more empowered by like being able to share this sexual exploration with other people? Um, I mean, it was definitely mixed. Like I definitely felt shame afterwards. You know what I mean? Cause I was so, I was so young too and like not very sexually experienced yet. So it was like extremely emotionally taxing. And I was like high off my ass through all of it. So I just like smoke bong and then be like, what are you doing? Like no one's ever gonna hire you, you know? It was like really overwhelming and really intense. But at the same time, I was like, I'm so bad. Like I do what I want. Like I'm taking money from these old men and I'm not even doing anything. So it was, I mean, it was both. It was it was empowering and it was like kind of humiliating. Wow. Okay. So after you send a couple of these pics to this one dude for what did you say $150 like like that that was like the first time then what what happened after that I mean so this I wasn't super active that year I pretty much all I did was send photos kind of just to this one guy like he would just like go silent for a couple months and then he would I guess like have a horny night and start like messaging me again and so then I would like do the whole the whole shebang again I mean we weren't like really often in contact you know and I would say that most often on this site I was just messaging people and I was just kind of like trying to get them to buy pictures after that once I realized that it was something that I could do and usually they would just be like you know I don't want to pay you for pictures I want to pay you for sex like that kind of thing and I would be like well um but this one guy he he would come back you know he would like go quiet for a couple months and then he would come back and he did for a few years. And I think the last time we ever talked and not not because of him, I think, cause I went silent after this. Like I just was in a more stable situation. Um, but I sold him a video of myself peeing, which I thought was like hilarious, just like hilarious. Um, and the only, <laughs> and was, like in my like, communal dorm bathroom he was like you have to get naked and send a video of you peeing and I like stripped down in the little stall and he was like and your face has to be in it so it's like my whole my face and then it like pans down to just like the stream of pee um (laughs) I thought it was hilarious I thought it was like the least sexual sex work (laughs) oh my god Uh, it's like it was like way less humiliating for me than like having my legs spread in front of a mirror like okay you want to watch me piss you weirdo you know not to like kink shame but 
That is like pretty crazy. And did you think of it more as innocent then? Or were you constantly worried about the potential harm that this could cause you? Or are you just like, okay, this is an innocent video of me doing something? Um, when I was younger, like when I was 18, 19, I was definitely more scared of the repercussions. And then as I got older and I became more versed just in like sex work discourse that's happening, I realized like how inconsequential all of this really is for like my, like even if everyone did find out, I don't actually think it would jeopardize my career. I think most people would just be like, well, you know, whatever at this point. Um, and I mean, maybe that's that's a little bit optimistic, but I'm just kind of like, things really are changing. I don't know. Why is it okay to like masturbate and watch porn, but not to like sell porn? You know, it's stupid. And I don't know, even if I were like martyred, which I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I just don't have the same concerns as I once did. I think it's right. I think things are changing way too quickly. And way too many young people at this point have engaged in this kind of sex work, this like digital, like gray area, OnlyFans type thing. Like, I think it's, it's almost commonplace at this point. And the people who are kind of like, oh, it's going to ruin your career are the sorts of people who none of us really want to work with anyways. So... Yeah, totally. I mean, that was kind of what I, why I wanted to do this conversation because it is stemming into that OnlyFans thing, which is taking off. And like, I've never really been on OnlyFans, but I know that, for example, people from the 90 Day Fiance TV show that like I watch have an OnlyFans account and it's a really big deal that makes them a lot of money. So that's why I kind of wanted to get into that digital aspect of things. So basically at this stage in like in three or college years, you're just sending pictures occasionally across seeking arrangement. Yeah, I would say until mm, like two years ago, I started to like cam girl a little bit more actively um, because it's it's a lot more money, a lot faster. Like you can you can make like a hundred dollars in like forty minutes of work without leaving your room, um, and even more if you get you know like men will follow you. Like I at this point. I don't do it in any kind of organized fashion. I don't take it very seriously. I just do it if I'm kind of like in the mood and like short on cash. And at this point, I have like 3000 followers who get emails when I log in. So it's like, and they've been, you know, like periodically watching me for years. So it's like, sometimes they'll just message you and be like, can I Venmo you for you to do this for me? You know, and like, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a lot more lucrative, but it's also, you're a lot more exposed at the same time it's like they don't have necessarily have the videos like on their phone the way they do when you're sending them pictures so you you have a little bit more I don't know if protection is the right word but maybe a little bit more control over who sees you um but yeah I I transitioned to like actual camming because pictures are a lot of work and like I don't like to do the chat that has to go into getting someone to buy pictures from you it's like you have to chat with them and like get them aroused for like fucking hours on end it's like you don't have to do that when you're camming and you already have a following so yeah that sounds like a lot of extra work and Ruby was saying the same thing with seeking arrangements as well especially with older men she'd have to talk to them for like a long time and maybe like go for dinner it just became like really emotionally taxing whereas like the actual counting itself is like much cheaper, quicker, easier for you to do. Yeah. Um, and how much money were you kind of making from these pictures before you decided to start camgirling? 
Um, I mean, not that much. I would make like a hundred bucks or so when I did it, but it was just like that I did it so infrequently. Um, and when, if I'm camming like once a week, twice a week, even I bring in like three, $400 a month, which is like, it's very, very, and then when I say like once a week, I don't mean for like four hours. I mean, for like 45 minutes, you know, it's, it's so quick. It's so easy. And honestly, I, I don't even think the reason I trans transitioned wasn't even because of like labor. It was more because of like masturbation purposes. Like I don't like porn. I'm not into it. It's not for me. Um, it's much easier for me to be aroused if some I know someone else is aroused and it's like this mutual, there's, it's, you know, like a mutual thing that's happening. So it's like, I pretty much only exclusively, like exclusively can girl when I'm like extremely horny and I'm just like, I should get paid to jerk off. Like, absolutely, why not? And these men will pay me, you know? And they'll do whatever I want whenever I tell them to. It's it's like, so at this point, I would say it's like pretty much empowering because it's, it has some perks. <laughs> I think that's so interesting. By the way, the sirens in the background are probably because the pandemic is going crazy again where you are in New York. So yeah, I just always thought of masturbation as such a private activity though. And I guess I would be... I think I would be pretty afraid. I think I'm so ashamed by the idea of masturbating at all, but like, <laughs> like the idea of like doing it in on a camera, like in front of other people, like actually freaks me out a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely a hurdle to get over. Like I didn't feel comfortable with it until I would say like a year ago, two years ago, maybe. But does it kind of give you a kick as well to like while you're masturbating to like have these guys also be, I don't know, live streaming compliments and things like as I imagine what's happening? Like, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, they have their cameras on, too. So it's it's like I can I see them and they see me, you know, but I'm really. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize you could also see their cameras. So what do these I mean, you don't have to. It's fully optional. But then, okay, but the other men can't see each other, right? They can. So they what can, kind like, of guy in other. his right mind yeah. would leave his video on for, like, other men to also see him while he's masturbating to a girl that he's watching? It is interesting. I mean, it's like, there are, like, men who, like, peruse the the site together, and they're in, like, little groups. And, like, if one of them chats you, then, like, they're all in there. And then they can see the messages that the others send. So it's, like, <laughs> they, they have, like, little beating-off cohorts. <laughs> that's so weird. I'm trying to see if that's, like, a good thing that guys are friends or if it's it could be interpreted as, like, a gang situation. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it fully depends on the men and like what they're seeking out and have you ever seen a girl either in your feed or like oh yeah in video yeah oh yeah definitely and I don't know do you have any idea any more details as like the demographics of these people or is it kind of just like the anonymity of their profiles and stuff yeah I mean I have no idea it's like anybody I was making these videos from like a you know, prestigious college. It's like anybody can be anywhere, like from any background. And and it's like the the people on there are from all over the world, you know, everyone has their like country. It's it's everything, you know, every profession, every class, everyone. So then you made this OnlyFans 
Is that that's the first time you started cam going with the OnlyFans? No. I no, I don't have an OnlyFans. I don't have an OnlyFans because you like primarily market to people you already know. And I don't necessarily want everyone I know to know that I do cam work. So I prefer my my followers be strangers. <laughs> right. That don't know my name where I live or who I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so what platform do you use then? I use Chatterbait. And what kind of features are available on this Chatterbait platform? Like what can people do on this website? And like, how does it work for you? So people can tip you and then they can also like take you into privates. You like set your rate to be in a private. So I don't know. I think mine is like $10 a minute or something. It's like very high. The only like major downside with using these platforms is that the company takes an enormous cut of your earnings. So you'll make, I don't know, men will spend, say they spend like a thousand dollars watching you it's like you probably get 200 of that max what so yeah it's really fucked um but it's also like pretty hard to to get a large following without using one of these sites so you kind of have to trade off but I mean once you have a following and you have fans then you can just message them and give them your phone number or your signal or your whatsapp or whatever it is that you use and you can coordinate because you can go into mutual privates with passwords where they aren't paying the site and then they can just pay you directly. And the site knows about that as well, I'm guessing. They do. They try to stop it. You're like, you know, if you have like your Venmo listed in your bio and shit, they'll flag you. But you can like, you can wriggle around it because you're allowed to be like, this is my phone number, you know? Yeah. I can't believe they take such a massive cut of everything. Um, like That's a pain in the butt. Yeah. It's so exploitative. Awful. Okay, and then how did you, on Chatterbait, how did you build your following? Like, who was your first follower? I mean, do you, do these people, like, stay and, like, check in? Like, what is that like? Oh, yeah, I get messages from men all the time who are like, do you remember me? Like, and then it's like, no, I have no idea who the fuck you are. Um, I don't know who my first, I don't know who my first follower was, but my my whole like shtick, which wasn't even really deliberate, was just that I will wear a t-shirt and smoke in front of the camera. And like, it was just like, people have like smoking fetishes. And so I was just like the t-shirt smoke girl. And like there, I mean, it's like, if you scroll through, it's like, there are so many people who are just like straight up like pussy, you know? And it's like, it's not, it's not even deliberate. It was more just like, I'm just ch- kind of chilling. Um, but it worked. It was like, everyone liked the like demure smoking girl with her shirt on, you know, and it's like, well, tip me just to like pull out one tit, you know? So it's like, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my thing is being like slightly more modest and chain smoking. Mm, excellent for your health, but <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. And then, but this was literally just by accident where you think other people on the site are just like doing all, or God knows what. But I mean, it's not, a lot of people have like tip menus. So it's like if they make a certain amount in tips, then they'll like take their shirt off or like take their dick out or like use their toy, like whatever, you know, and I should have a tip menu. I don't because I'm just lazy, but um, people do. And so, so it's like, it's a really wide range. Like there are some, I would say a lot more men are usually fully clothed than women. Like it's, not uncommon to like be scrolling through and to see a man just like in his jeans like rubbing his bulge and like men will tip him to like 
take his dick out. I mean, women too, but like prim- it's primarily men who are spending money on these sites. Yeah, and on that note, have you ever paid to see somebody else on this site or not? No. <laughs> no I'm not there to spend money. <laughs> right, and then do you think there are also like heterosexual men trying to get attention from women on these sites too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, there's there's everyone trying to get attention from everyone on these sites. Well, I hope you liked this episode of Miseducated. And I also hope that you have a really lovely holiday wherever you are in the world and that you can make some really fun plans for the new year when COVID is hopefully over. If you have any questions for me or Lola, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is miseducatedpod. And until the next episode of Miseducated, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Lots of love. Bye.